It has to be on something where rain or shine, markets up or down, interest rates up or down, you have the ability to know with confidence that you're going to be able to generate enough monthly income to pay all your monthly bills and allow you to do the things of retirement that you wanted to. There are many factors that contribute to success, skill, good work habits, positive mental attitude, and of course, proper planning. So let's head to the drafting table and get this retirement success blueprint underway with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. I'm your co-host, Mark Killian. Let's get started. Welcome into another edition of Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart and myself. What's going on, Mike? How are you this week, my friend? I am doing great. How about yourself, Mark? I'm hanging in there, doing pretty good. Uh, have you? Uh, are you a fan of uh, of the, the Tesla guy, uh, Elon? Do you, do you, do you like uh, always entertaining as long as I don't have to watch him dance? A, a very interesting guy, right? Definitely interesting. I don't know if you saw where he named his uh, kid some strange after a prototype. Uh, plane uh, that was actually the pre- I think it was the actually precursor to the SR seventy one, but they made him change it because the letters were not I guess they're like Greek letters and they're not part of the alphabet, <laughs> so they made him change it. So anyway, it's a weird way to start the podcast, but I brought that up because the company that he is in charge of Tesla just continues to just move and groove. Uh, they have replaced Toyota as the world's most valuable automaker. I'm assuming that's going to be the stock prices because I think Toyota still sells to anyone everywhere across the globe. But uh, do you think Tesla, you know, is a good investment? What do you think about the whole the thing? You know, just kind of how it's been doing. So I was all pro Tesla from okay. 300 to 400 to 900, but I've been wrong ever since 900 dollars a share. And I think last I checked, it was trading close to 1500 dollars a share. Wow. Uh, and you know some of the th- and some of the reasons that I've been wrong, and I don't feel bad about it either because it's more speculative. Is let me kind of share three things with you. One, so global sales. This is per an article in Bloomberg. Okay. Global quarterly vehicle sales for Toyota, the one they just surpassed are two, a little over 2.1 million quarterly vehicles sold. Tesla sells about 91,000 a quarter. Right, right. General Motors is a million and a half vehicles a quarter. Tesla, once again, 91,000. Tesla right now, at least as of the time of this taping, its market cap, which is basically just adding up all the outstanding stocks and you know their values, is more than Toyota and General Motors combined. Hmm. Uh, when you look for like price to earnings ratio, you know that's how much are you paying per a dollar of earnings. If you're a GM, you're paying 13 times. Toyota's nine times. You know, two good solid companies. Tesla, you're paying 644 times, at least as of the the taping here. So it's definitely a very volatile, speculative play. So as an investment, I'm not sure it's a great investment. You're basing it on hope that the great electronic uh, vehicle technology and battery technology that they have is going to revolutionize the industry. And I think that it will. Will it at 644 times earnings? I'm not sure about that <laughs> as far as paying it that. You know, is it a good trade? Well, that's that's a completely different thing. But most of our clients aren't really worried about a trade, trying to hit a home run. Most of them are saying, I just want some kind of blue chip dividend paying stock that's still going to be in business five years from now, you know, and not have to overpay for it at the same time. Gotcha. Okay. Well, you know, it's certainly an interesting you know company, interesting guy, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, with that. And it's interesting too, because to me, they get lumped in a lot with the other tech stocks. And I guess it is tech, but at the same time, it's still a car company. So it's kind of interesting. Maybe that's because some of the SpaceX stuff and and so on and so forth. I don't know, but it's pretty interesting, uh, interesting guy. Anyway, uh, we'll go ahead and make our switch to our topic today. I just wanted to ask you about that and see what your thoughts were. Building a financial house is going to be our main topic on the show. And I don't know about you, but 
have you ever built a house, Mike? Have you ever gone through the process of, of from scratch? Uh, we have. We've, we've built two. Oh, two. Okay. So you can attest to this. So it's challenging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and never on time or budget. That's right. Uh, for some, for some folks, you know, building a financial plan doesn't sound like a lot of fun. But the idea of building a home does sound like a lot of fun, unless you've done it. In which case, you might be like, "Eh, <laughs> I don't want to do that again." But let's play with some similarities, uh, you know, in building a strong financial plan and maybe your dream home. Now, we're not going to get all into the weeds, and Michael, you can probably attest to this, as as you probably know, since you've done this a couple of times. You can really get lost in the minutia of building an actual home. Home, working with your your builder and so on and so forth. Same kind of thing. You could really get into the minutiae of a financial plan if you choose to. But for most folks, I think they kind of like that higher level. So we're going to kind of keep this at just basically four basic tenets here uh, on the general structure of a house and just going to let you do a little bit of a correlation for us. So best place to start, obviously, is with a good, strong foundation. What is the foundation in your mind when it comes to a financial house? Yeah, I think this is a great topic because we we call our financial planning process the retirement success blueprint. You know, it's about putting a blueprint so that you can begin to have the foundation and all the other pieces in place for your overall financial life, not just any one part of it. So the foundation that you ask about is really going to be your retirement income plan. Where are you going to get income that lasts as long as you and if you're married, your spouse does? And it can't be based on hope, hoping that the market goes up. It has to be on something where rain or shine, markets up or down, interest rates up or down, you have the ability to know with confidence that you're going to be able to generate enough monthly income to pay all your monthly bills and allow you to do the things of retirement that you wanted to. Because when you walk away from your paycheck at work, you got to make sure you have a plan for how you're going to create that income month after month independent of what's going on in the rest of the world. And that's the foundation. So if you don't have a strong foundation, you don't, without income, there is no retirement. So without that strong foundation, you really don't have a a solid retirement plan. Yeah. I mean, you got to have money coming in, right? I mean, it's pretty, pretty basic. You got to still have some checks coming in. All right. So if our foundation and we've got that good concrete, you know, slab down, we've got that good foundation rolling. That's the income plan. Now we got to put up some walls. We got to start to kind of frame this joker in a little bit. What would fall into that category? Uh, the ways to generate the income, I would assume the investments. Yeah. So the, the walls in this example is going to be your investment plan. And here's where the industry and wall street in general kind of get it wrong. When you go and see a broker, most advisors, you tell them I've got X amount of dollars, I got half a million dollars, I got a million dollars. They'll say, okay, hey, you know, here's, look at this chart, look at these brochures, look at our performance, look how things have done. Well, none of that means anything. What's important is you select the investments, the walls in this case that go in our financial house. That investment plan, those investments should be based on what's going to allow you to generate the income with the least amount of risk as possible. Now, it still has to keep up with inflation and cost of living and all those kind of things. But what those investments should do, instead of getting enamored by all the shiny objects of the investments, instead focus on how do they generate the income that I need in retirement. So you know whether that's dividend-paying stocks, whether it's bonds, bond-like instruments, whether it's insurance products, who knows? Everybody's situation is going to be unique. But it's important that your investment plan is laid on top of the foundation that you originally built. What does your retirement income say? Because that's how you select the investments, not the other way around. Okay. All right. So we've got 
two of our four pieces here. We've got our foundation, our income plan, our walls, our investment plan. Now we got to get a little bit of protection on this. Uh, you know, I'm building a deck right now, Mike, and it's kind of the same thing. The guys, we've had a lot of rain, and so the guys were out there, you know, trying to get the parts put together and so on and so forth. And they had to go ahead and get the roof up and get the paper down uh, so they could protect all the wood from getting, you know, getting soaked. So what's the uh, the roof side of this analogy? The, the roof is the insurance, you know, and, and that's, and there's a variety of different kinds of insurance, you know, so on, you know, we cover the three main ones with clients. So one is going to be, you know, just make sure you get health insurance. If you're retiring before 65, you need to make sure that you've got a bridge to health coverage that before Medicare kicks in, you know, just so you can't, so medical bills won't devastate your finances. The second thing is looking at things like long-term care. We always start with the the question that, you know, in the event that you, either one of you either needed home health care or assisted living facility or a full facility, how would we pay for it? You know, and then the third thing is, you know, in Einstein talked about compound interest being the eighth wonder of the world. I would add the ninth wonder of the world is life insurance because <laughs> it can fix a lot of gaps in your plan. And basically you're leveraging dimes for dollars with, with life insurance. And I'm not talking about go buy some expensive policy and have too much life insurance. It's just saying life insurance fills the gap for dimes on the dollar to go in and say, hey, if we're retiring, getting close to retirement and we have a big mortgage, if something were to happen to one of us, great, it'll take care of that. If we still have kids or, you know, going to college or in high school and we also have some, you know, maybe some college debts and some things outstanding, great, life insurance will take care of that. It covers all the what ifs. So the roof on any financial plan is going to be the medical protection the long-term care protection, and the what-if protection, which is what we call life insurance. Okay. All right. So we've got the main structure here. Now, what we did was we for this fourth piece, because you might be listening and thinking, oh, thinking, okay, we got a foundation, we got walls, we got a roof. What else is there if we're talking about just the basic structure? Well, I guess this would kind of be the the finishing touches, if you will, really what's going to make it a home. So if you go through and you get uh, build a house, the the part that most people are excited about is starting to pick out, you know, crown molding and paint colors and yada, yada, yada. So if you're doing these final touches and you're talking about a financial or retirement plan, like what is the financial touches there? Yeah, the, the finishing touch is really just the estate plan. And there's two parts of it. Uh, oh, okay. One is the estate plan when you're still with us. So that means do you have your power of attorneys for health care? Do you have your your financial power of attorneys, what they call a durable power of attorney. So in the event that you or your spouse can't make financial or medical decisions, who can for you, whether it's temporary or permanent, you know, that's the estate plan for when you're living. And then there's also the estate plan for when you pass. There hasn't been one person in 20 years that has come to my office and said, you know what, we'd really like to give the government more money than they need. We want to pay more taxes when we die. And we really want things tied up in court. You know, that's the last thing. Most people come in and say, you know what, we want to put our estate plan together because we want to make it easy for the kids or the church or whomever the beneficiaries are. We want to make it as cost effective and as tax efficient as possible. So then in the event that we're not here anymore, it's not putting a burden on others and things go where I want them to go with the least amount of court costs, the least amount of taxes and the least amount of aggravation. And that's the finishing touch. That's making sure that your estate plan is in order, whether you need a will, a trust, none of that really matters. You know, the, the attorney or when you come in and see us, we'll discuss the pros and cons of all those things. But that finishing touch on your overall financial plan on your financial house is making sure that you have your estate plan in order as well. 
All right. Well, there you go. So that's the uh, kind of four steps to building a financial house, if you will, here on the podcast. You have got the uh, foundation, your income plan, the walls, the investment plan, the roof, the insurance side of things, and then the final touches, the estate plan. If you've got questions about today's show and you want to reach out to us, give them a call at 815-526-3092. That's 815-526-3092 to talk about your own uh, financial house, if you will. You can also find Mike online at crystallaketax.com. That is Crystal Lake tax.com. And while you're there, you could subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you choose. Either search out Retirement Success Blueprint on said app or just go to the website, crystallaketax.com. And while you're there, drop us an email question if you'd like. And that's what we're going to do right now. Let's see if I can say this right. Uh, Frank in Winnetka? Yeah, correct. Right, Winnetka. Nice. Yeah. Rock and roll. Uh, Frank <laughs> says, Mike, can you explain the rule of 100? And is it something you buy into? Yeah, Frank, the rule of 100 is a way to simplify how much risk from an equity or stock perspective uh, individual investors should have. Now, it's not the same for everybody, but you got to have kind of, you know, a rule of thumb, if you will. So the rule of 100 basically says take 100, subtract your age, and that's your starting point, plus or minus, from how much money you should have as a percentage of your assets, your investment assets in the market. So as an example, Frank, let's say you are 65 years of age. Uh, and the rule of 100 minus 65 leaves you with 35. That means that about a 35% of your investment portfolio, it's suitable. It doesn't make it necessarily right or wrong. It's suitable to think that, okay, if you're comfortable with some risk, then 35% is a starting point for what you might want to have in the market. So from a conversation standpoint, I think it's a good starting point. Now, what I don't really believe in that is that everyone's situation is unique. So, Frank, let's say you're 65, you've got a pension, a really good Social Security, you've saved really well over the years, and but you really don't have a lot of debts or anything else. Well, you might be more comfortable with risk because you don't necessarily need a lot of extra income from your portfolio because you don't carry a lot of debts and you got other high income between pension and Social Security. You might be more comfortable with 45 or 50 percent of your money in the market, whereas somebody else that says, you know what, you know, this is all I have. I really don't like the market. I don't like the volatility. I just want consistent income coming in on a regular basis. Yeah, the rule of 100 might say that you could have 35 percent, but really you might be more comfortable with 20 or 15 or even zero money in the market. So as a starting point to kind of frame out what's appropriate for you, the rule of 100 is a good conversation starter. Uh, but really, once you work with a fiduciary and you kind of dig in a little bit deeper about what your true needs are, Frank, that's when you'll determine how accurate it is specifically for you. All right, Frank. Well, there you go. Thank you so much. Hopefully that helps. Like a lot of rules of thumb, they're kind of guidelines, as, as Mike mentioned. So you always want to follow up and, and talk with a specific, you know, specifically about your situation with an advisor. Again, on this show or anything else that you hear out there when it comes to finances, you always want to double check how it pertains and relates to you. So give Mike a call at 815-526-3092. And that's going to do it this week for us here on the podcast, Retirement Success Blueprint. Michael, my friend, thank you so much for your time. I hope you have a great week and enjoy the uh, remainder days of summer. Uh, I will, Mark. And hopefully we actually get a kickoff soon. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. We'll talk to you next time here on the Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. Stay safe and sane. We'll see you next time.
investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. The information provided herein is for training or educational purposes only and does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any securities, investments, investment strategies, or investment advice relating to securities, nor is the information or representation that any security is a suitable or appropriate investment for any person. Before acting on any advice, you should consider the appropriateness of the advice having regard to your own objectives, financial situation, and needs. Please contact us to obtain our disclosure brochure relating to the services offered by Sound Income Strategies, LLC, and consider its contents before making any decisions. Where quoted, past performance is not indicative of future performance. Sound Income Strategies, LLC does not represent or warrant that the contents of this program are suitable for you from a compliance, regulatory, legal, or any other perspective. We shall have no responsibility for your use or non-use of the program or any portion thereof. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities.